Hey friends, welcome to the Catalyst Podcast. We hope you enjoy what you're listening to, and may you find peace and grace in all the words that are before you. But about that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For is in for as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Lord, understand our heart. Bless the understanding of the Lord. Thank you, Carol. Last Sunday was called Christ the King Sunday. It's the Sunday that ends the church calendar year. And so this Sunday is like the new year. It's the beginning of our church calendar here with Advent. And it is the time of the season that we fix our eyes on hope. And not on the glitter and the sales and the buying and spending more and holiday cheer of this world. That is not what we fix our eyes on. But we fix our eyes on something different. Something our bones ache for and our breath yearns for. Something built into our very being that as much as we try to fill it with romantic relationships or a new diet plan or that really good deal or that fancy vacation, it remains unable to be filled. We humans are built and designed for to be filled with such a purpose and a plan that goes beyond the distractions that this season might bring. We are designed for an abiding an intimate relationship with God, with the creator of all things, with the almighty, with the name above all names, the one known as father and mother who is as close as our very breath, who is glimpsed in the quiet whispers, who leads us beside still waters, who restores our soul. We are created for a relationship with God. The God who comes, the God who shows up in our most desperate spaces, the God who is revealed in the waiting. Now, waiting is a really hard part of life sometimes, isn't it? I mean, there's like you know, just easy, easy things that we wait for, like the line at Costco, 
or for a package to arrive, or we're waiting for news about a potential job, or even just for the bread to rise at your baker's. <laughs> this kind of waiting can be annoying sometimes, but it's easy when we compare that waiting for waiting for news for a potentially fatal diagnosis, or waiting for your spouse to come home after they've left because they needed a break or waiting for your child to come out of surgery, or waiting for the adoption agency to call you about a birth mom who chose you, or waiting for your child to be born in the midst of sleepless nights and an aching back and sore breasts. Waiting can bring about many feelings and many emotions. For some, waiting causes hopelessness, where the situation feels impossible because the outcome feels like it's pointless regardless of what it is. But for others, waiting brings about this sense of grit, of sheer determination, where it's, it's causing us to double down and not in some sort of Disney fairy tale belief, but in this supernatural hope driven out of expectation. The expectation you have in the waiting will determine your perspective while you wait. Let me say that again. The expectation you have in the waiting will determine your perspective while you wait. Now, your expectation doesn't necessarily change the outcome. Like, if you expect your spouse to come home, it doesn't mean they will actually come home. But your expectation must be on things above and not on things of this world. And when you place your expectation and your hope on God, that God still cares, that God is present even in the silence, that God is faithful to God's promises to never leave you or forsake you, you are not alone in the waiting. You are not alone in the waiting. You are not alone in the waiting. But in the waiting, we are still called to obey. Obedience is a word that's often frowned upon today. It's not a word that's very lovely in many ways. To obey means to sub submit, and submission is just as frowned upon. Most of us want to be the ones in charge. We want to make the rules, and we certainly want to, don't want to follow anybody else who makes those rules for us. To obey or to submit means to admit that you are not in control, and you are not in charge. Throughout the Old Testament, we read how the people of Israel, the people of God, have this long history with God, where they follow God, where they obey God's laws, and then they turn from God. And they go back and forth from this following God and then turning from God. The name Israel means to wrestle. But this wrestling wasn't from a place where two peers wrestle or two equals wrestle. It's like a father and a son wrestling. The son knows the father is stronger and more capable. The son submits to the authority and leadership of his father, taking his father's points on how to wrestle well, how to get stronger, how to continue to trust in his father's guidance. But there are times when the son believes he can outwit his father. Or when the son takes out all of his aggression 
and all of his frustration on his father during their wrestling. Wrestling is a physical and intimate act that causes bonding and becomes a tool for connection around trust. But when the son approaches the father in anger or rage or blame, wrestling can turn into a fight. Israel flip-flopped from connection with God to fighting God throughout the Old Testament. And God would use these different mouthpieces called prophets, different people who God would then speak things to for the people of Israel to obey God with. And the last prophet that God spoke through was named Malachi. And Malachi was written 400 years before Jesus' birth. So God communicates with Israel through Malachi, and in Malachi we read about God's covenant with the priestly line of Levi. Levites were the priests that carried the law of God and made sure the temple was working. So Malachi is the very last book in the Old Testament, and it says in chapter 2, verse 5 and 6, God says, My covenant with Levi may continue, said the Lord Almighty. My covenant with him, a covenant of life and peace, and I gave them to him. This called for reverence, and he he revered me, and he stood in awe of my name. True instruction was in the priest's mouth, and nothing false was found on his lips. He walked with me in peace and uprightness, and turned many from sin. The priestly line continued forth even once God stopped communicating through the prophets. These priests had to, they had to bear down. They had, they had to be determined in their faith that God is who God says God is. And they chose to continue forth in obedience within their calling that God had given them. And they waited. Beyond the Old Testament, God's word, they heard nothing from God or God's prophets. For 400 years. That's longer than our country's existence. Can you imagine if God was silent the entire time our country has been around? Silence for 400 years. Until God's voice broke through to Zechariah. If you remember the story of Zechariah in the Bible, Zechariah was a Levite priest. He was in the temple and the Holy Spirit interrupted him. Zechariah may not have known where and if God was leading the people any longer, but he knew what God had communicated in the time being, and that was enough for him. I think sometimes we go through our lives and we don't know where God is leading us, or if God is leading us, or where God is is taking us. We're not sure what our futures look like or how to get from point A to point B, but we know what it looks like to follow God and obey God. And that should be enough for us for now. So Zechariah is obeying and he's waiting and he's still trusting in God. Zechariah showed up with expectation instead of hopelessness. He expected from God. And in his expectation, he was obedient. And after 400 years, Zechariah happened to be the one that God's spirit interrupted and and interrupted the silence and showed up. I think God shows up to those who keep showing up. God interrupts those who are listening. 
God invades the hearts and minds of those who are paying attention. And after 400 years of silence, the Holy Spirit interrupts the world in the most significant way, but not as quickly or abruptly as we would want. Zechariah is the first one to know that God was up to something, but instead of having the privilege of shouting this good news from the rooftop, Zechariah is silent because God closed his mouth. Zechariah must continue waiting with no knowledge of an end date to when he could then speak again. God seems to move slowly sometimes, doesn't he? Slower than we want. And we hate waiting. Like, it's especially hard when we're waiting behind someone who is super slow, whether we're driving or in line or somebody can't find their change or they're writing a check, which we don't really write checks anymore. So it's one of those things like, oh my goodness, they're writing a check. That can be so irritating when we are in a hurry. God interrupts Zechariah, who's been waiting so long, and then asks him to wait a little longer. Zechariah was silent for almost 10 months, the whole time his wife was pregnant. I wonder if he was able to listen differently while his mouth was closed. I wonder if God was still moving in the midst of the silence. I wonder if Zechariah was better, better able to pay attention to God's word, to God's people, to God's laws, to God's creation. I wonder if Zechariah, this Levite priest, who God had covenanted with from the time of Moses, if he bonded differently with his wife of the many years as she grew her son in her womb. I wonder if he was able to pay attention to what new life looks like, what good news sounds like, what waiting for a birth feels like. In Malachi, that last prophetic book that we have before the silence. It says in chapter 3, verse 1, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Zechariah's priestly line continued forth in, the, in his previously barren womb of his elderly wife, Elizabeth. And in his silence and listening, in his waiting, did he come with great expectation over what God would do with his son, or did he wallow in hopeless frustration by his lack of his own voice? I believe Zechariah was a man of great expectation who expected God to do something great. His son John grew up to be the John the Baptist that we read about, who left his priestly role in the temple, those assumptions that were placed upon him, and then he ventured into the wilderness where he became an outdoor priest. He was the messenger who prepared the way for God in flesh, the God who comes, Jesus Christ, the incarnate word of God. But even that took waiting. We wait for the God who comes. Advent comes from the Latin word adventus, which means coming. So we not only wait to celebrate the birth of Christ and acknowledge the God who came, but we also wait today for the return of Christ, for the God who will come again. And we wait with expectation over the good news that is so good. The gospel such as this.
So Lord Jesus, in the time of our waiting, as we wait with expectation, moving into this season, may we fix our eyes on you. May we have ears to hear you. May we keep our mouths closed when they need to be shut so we can listen even more intently to what your spirit is doing. May you guide us to pay attention to how you're moving in this world, what you are calling us to, and may you help us grow in such a deep, abiding, intimate relationship with you as you have called us to do. Fill every space of us that remains empty. May we not fill it with different other areas of, of what this world offers, but may we fill it with you first. 